Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Sensitive Collective Podcast. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created Sensitive Collective to be a space where empaths and sensitives can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journey. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more of us empaths and sensitives waking up to our nature every single day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform both you and the entire world. And it's why we're here. So join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I'm so happy you're here. Enjoy. So excited to offer you this conversation with Linda Polio in this episode. There is so much gold here. Such a beautiful exercise that that Linda offers up around really stepping into that role of curious observer. You know, that's one of my favorite topics. Uh, Some really interesting stories around channeling her book, her own experiences as an intuitive and a sensitive and um, the collaborative nature that of, of the spiritual community that we're moving into and just so many things that we that we talk about, all of the things. I think you'll really enjoy it. I hope that you do. And um, I also wanted to come on before the episode just to invite you into healing mentorship with me. If that is something that you're curious about, you have any kind of intuitive sense that we're meant to work together, if you have any kind of calling on your heart to really deepen into your sensitivity and transform into a more authentic alignment with the life you want to co-create for yourself with the universe, please book a free discovery call with me. I would love to connect and see how I might be a part of that journey for yourself. So again, I'll link that in the episode notes. Please enjoy this conversation with Linda Polio, and um, I'm just so happy to have y'all here. Today, we are here with Linda Polio. I'm so excited to bring this amazing guest to y'all, consciousness doula, author of multiple award-winning visionary novel, uh, Trusting the Currents, and um, she's just quite a soul full of incredible experience and wisdom and so fun and <laughs> linda welcome to the sensitive Collective thank you podcast. so much laura ann yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm really happy to meet you and i love what you're doing with your podcast it's such an important you know group of people that are out there in the world right now that are sensitives that have such a big role to play in the in the global transformation that we're going through right now so it's, um, it's so I'm very true. honored Oh, thank you for reflecting that back to me. And it is, it's amazing when I feel into just like the transformation and the transition that's happened in just the last few years, let alone the last decade, Mm -hmm. you know, 10 years ago, if I, I didn't even know what empaths were 10 years Mm -hmm. ago. And, And now there's just this huge 
awakening that is happening, people really learning um, about their sensitivity and seeing how it's showing up and having these spiritual awakenings um, and wanting to root into a life of purpose and all of the synchronicities that kind of line up to help that realization happen. Um, it's really cool to see. And I love hearing those stories from folks. And I know you you have a, your own story around that as well um, as, you know, moving through kind of the, the more traditional matrix corporate side of things into, into now being a consciousness doula. I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey if you'd like to share that with us. Sure. Um, I think I was always, I was sort of born as an empath, I was always born a, a little different than everyone else. I, I remember as a child, I used to communicate with insects and I mm. used to have all kinds of experiences in my room. So it's not like I um, awoke from like a normal life. I was always not normal. <laughs> but what happens is when you're a child, and I think this is particularly true with uh, sensitives, when, when you're a child, and you're having experiences that are unusual, or you are um, hypersensitive to experiences, the people around you don't really understand you. They're not having the same experiences. So as a child, you think, oh, there's something wrong with you. I have to stop telling people this. Yeah. I have to stop. I have to, you know, maybe I'm just imagining it. So you kind of suppress it and you push it down so that you can conform to the cultural conditionings of, of the environment that you're being raised in. Oh, yeah. I relate so much to that. I used to talk yeah. to insects, to ladybugs. Yeah. Um, I, I never like to kill insects because I, I love them. Mm -hmm. um, Me too. And, and birds. I used to talk to birds and, um, you know, just always was very connected to nature and, you know, could had some precognition stuff. And I remember and talked to fairies and still, you know, I believe in elementals. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, as a little kid, I think that was indulged a little bit because it was like, oh, you know, she is in imagination land. But yeah. as I Isn't got she older, cute? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then as you get older, it's like, really? <laughs> It's like you don't believe in Santa Claus anymore. So, yeah, yeah. So We're like, no, honey, anything. you didn't. You didn't see the future. That was just deja vu. Like exactly. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and that was me. So, um, and I think you know people that can identify as sensitives, most of them will have that experience. You know, some have had an yeah. awakening of of their sensitivities um, through a lot of a lot of it happens through trauma. You know, if you yeah. go through a dark night of the soul or you have some kind of trauma that will awaken you to aspects of your sensitivity, which is really just your awareness of your inner universe in a way that, you know, most people don't have anymore. So I went, so I, I went through that, that by the time I went into college and, and got out and into my 20s and moved to New York City, I just sort of suppressed all that. And I just went into a normal, you know, routine of living in New York and having that New York lifestyle. And. Um, I sort of stumbled around a lot. I never really knew what I wanted to do. I was very disconnected to the matrix of what was supposed to happen to you as you went through the process of, of growing up. Um, I was always sort of good at things. I think a lot of sensitives are there. We're very multitasking and we have awarenesses and abilities for multiple things. So usually you can just find something to do. So I, I bounced around in different industries and different careers, mostly focusing on sales because I was so 
um, with my, my ability to be empathic and read people. I was really good at that. So it was all different businesses. And then finally, in my early 30s, I stumbled into advertising and that allowed, um, I think creativity is also a big part of being sensitive. And yeah. I stumbled into advertising, which at the time, it's probably less now. So, but it was, it, it was a bastion for people that had creativity. And I got involved in business development, which was kind of on the upswing at that point in time, which was, you know, helping advertising agencies win business. And it mm. allowed me to use my my creative skills, my communication abilities, my intuitive abilities. So I did really well. And within a very short period of time, I was the um, executive vice president within the advertising industry. But again, I was just sort of, okay, I've done that. Now what do I do? And really, so I started doing consulting. I was never really much on belonging to a corporate environment, but I started my own consulting business. Then um, my father, um, who I hadn't seen in quite a while, my father was an alcoholic and mm. we had kind of broken from him in my early twenties. And then I hadn't seen him for many, many years. And he had a major heart attack. He was supposed to die. Mm. And my uncle called me and said, um, you know, your father had a heart attack. He's not expected to survive. Do you want to see him before he goes? So I drove to Pennsylvania where he was, and mm. I had been, at the time, I had been learning a lot of healing arts. I had been working with therapeutic touch and Reiki all through my 20s and into um, my early 30s. I really worked with um, sort of building up my spiritual kind of war chest almost of like working yeah. with all different kinds of healing abilities and different kinds of spiritual disciplines. I didn't do anything with them, but I was drawn to them. So um, I had been doing a lot of healing work. So I went out there, I started doing healing work, healing work on him. And long story short, he came out of his coma. Mm. He came out of the hospital wow. and um, I took care of him for the last year of his life. Wow. So when he passed, um, I finally uh, sort of got home. I drove home and the next morning I woke up or the next couple of mornings, I can't remember now. And I heard a voice say, go to Sedona. And I had heard of Sedona, which is where yeah. I live now, but yeah. I was living in New York City. I had heard of Sedona, but I didn't, I had never been there before. So I got on a plane about three weeks later. I had nowhere to stay, didn't know why I was going. And I spent five months the first time I went. And that five months sort of reawoken my childhood spirituality and my connections to everything that I had kind of suppressed. Yeah. So I, I ended up living on raw foods. I went through cleanses. I started working with the elementals and um, different kinds of nature energies and just sort of um, kind of had this experience where all these layers of social conditioning that had been brought upon me, you know, I was a daughter and I was a girlfriend and I was, an, I was a corporate person and I was all these things, but that wasn't the essential me. Mm. And, you know, I now call it your, um, your, your inner resonance signature, which is this part of you that is just you, yeah. that, that really everything you are, everything good that comes to you and from you comes out of this energetic space, but that we, we get it covered up a lot because it's, we seem to need to protect it. We have other people's social conditionings telling us who we are. So when I got there, I was able to um, pull away so that I didn't know anyone there. I changed the way I ate. I had never been in the environment before. So all these years of social conditioning just began to peel away from me until I felt that 
inner resident signature that was just me. And when I felt that, I loved me. It yeah. was a sense of there she is. Yeah. This is who I really am. And then I was able to build from there um, in a new person. And, you know, once you feel that, it's not like you keep that with you all the time. It kind of comes and goes because we're still in this world and we have people affecting us and we have experiences affecting us and we still have innate traumas that are part of our existence because mm -hmm. they're either ancestral traumas that we're totally unconscious of that are in our cellular system or they're childhood traumas that we've suppressed because we either couldn't deal with them as a child or we don't remember them from a child and some of them come from times where we even had um language skills yet yeah so they're so they're unconscious so it's really hard to maintain it but once you have identified it within you you can always get back to it and you can get back to it through you know all different kinds of means whether it's meditation and workshops and classes and books and any way to get back to it so um i was able to do that much linda like it's it's so interesting to hear you put words to that um and and i just have to call out too some really interesting similarities and synchronicities mm -hmm. between our stories it was oh all great taking care of my own father um oh, who was oh. still with us and it was it was a healing from a bicycle accident um that was really really serious and i, I moved home to help take care wow. of him that was sort of the door that opened to shift my path that led to me hearing the voice you're a healer you need yep. to be, you know, you need to pursue massage. And, and that was kind of, you know, the, one of the first dominoes. Um, but then the, what you're talking about with identity, that I think that is so for all humans, but especially like empaths and sensitives where we do have all of that programming and all of those layers of like, mm -hmm. I'm this person, I'm that person. And I really, I really connect with that too, from my own experience in sobriety and like moving through healing in sobriety and realizing how much of my identity was wrapped up in my addiction and like being a party girl and being the life of the party and all of these things that exactly ultimately these identities that I kind of piled on myself to be this persona that was that was actually protecting who who I really was like that deep fear of rejection of like if I show up as my full self, I'm gonna get hurt. I'll be rejected. Mm -hmm. I won't be enough. Um, I won't be understood. I'll be, you know, all the because of all of the different experiences in my life and past lives and yeah, ancestral like which yeah. one, like all because the you've been the freak in the room. I mean, we've all been the freak in the room. <laughs> we've all been the freak <laughs> in the room. So. So that has a little bit of trauma built around it. Yeah, absolutely. But when we realize that it's truly our strength, and yeah. you know, the way we find it's our strength is to really be able to feel that inner resonance signature and know that that's your strength, and then find ways of nurturing it, and then build community of other people so that you don't feel so alone. I think most of us have a long stories about feeling alone. Yeah. And so you know, now you know we're all coming out of the closet, so to speak. Totally. And we're beginning to find each other and we're beginning to build communities and, you know, sharing our vulnerabilities actually becomes a form of strength. So that's something that is all happening now. And um, so you know, I, I really hope that everyone who's feeling that way is is able to, you know, realize that they are. They are not what other people have told them they are. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and they just have to discover that that person inside of them that frequency inside of them that remembers who you are and why you're here and then connect to others with the same having the same experience and it's a very very powerful transformational moment when you're able to do that and it's not it's not like it's this aha moment and then everything is good and everything is right yeah but it but it begins the path it begins Mm -hmm. the path that you start walking in your own shoes and and not someone else's yeah and that i think is what you're talking about you as some as a guide on that path that's you Mm -hmm. as a consciousness doula it sounds like you help people birth themselves that's exactly it it's it's birthing it's birthing consciousness because everything you become is based on your your level of consciousness Mm -hmm. and you know there is no right or wrong level of consciousness i mean there's it just you are where you are and you're there because you had to be at that place to get to the next place Um, so you really want to be able to take in whatever you're experiencing at that point in time even if it feels bad you go in there and you just speak to it and you sit with it and you know dealing with trauma and dark night of the soul and that is a big part of the path and there's you know i went through a i took care of my mother for nine years 24 7 and that was as dark as it got for me i didn't think i was going to survive that on many levels but i did and i remember thinking i don't understand how this is ever going to be a value to me like i feel i felt like it took me away from everything i wanted to do but now, you know, it's been three years later and I'm coming out of the fog of that experience. Mm. And I realized that, you know, that put, I'm very frequency oriented. Everything to me is frequency and that instilled frequencies in me of um, sort of, you know, sort of symbiotic frequencies that I can now relate to people that I wouldn't have been able to relate to before. So when you know, when we're doing any kind of work with each other, there's always, you know, there's a language like we are, you and I are having a conversation and we are using certain words and we are using a certain cadence to those words. And the way that we are speaking is communicating something back and forth, but we are also transmitting telepathically information. So, and what we transfer telepathically are frequencies that have, you know, that we've adopted over our lifetimes that come from all different kinds of places. That's a whole nother conversation where these come from. But, um, but that's a big part of it is that when you're experiencing traumas, it allows you to connect into the trauma in other people and, and help guide them, not even through words so much, but through um, compassion and through, and through empathy and hold that mm-hmm. space for them. I think that's such an important conversation and I just want to express some gratitude for you even bringing that up because there is this sense, I think, in the world of social media and in the wellness space and what we see, you know, all the the shiny, bright, happy healer people Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, that there isn't the darkness, that there isn't the shadow or that we should always only be striving for the light and the happy and it's like, that's not real. Um, and it's uh, it's toxic on multiple mm-hmm. levels because it teaches us to to shame ourselves or feel guilty or yep. we shouldn't be feeling those things. And and it, from your story and from my own experience, like we we are forged in the fire of our trauma. Um, exactly. And, you know, it's like uh, the we I believe in karma. 
Um, mm -hmm. I believe that our soul has chosen this life so that we can learn certain lessons to work through that karma. And, you know, we chose this life and the trauma that we experienced in early childhood and in young adulthood so that we could physiologically in our nervous system, in our fascia, in ourselves, through through our ancestral lines mm -hmm. and our genetics, as well as through our own this lifetime experiences, um, be wired in a way to be empaths and to be exactly, safe. exactly. And the way that we can like really lean into that and empower ourselves to access those gifts is through we, we've got to go through it. We can't ignore the shadow. We can't ignore the trauma. Now, it doesn't have to all be dark, right? It's about balance mm -hmm. and, you know, being present and inviting the joy, the play, the light, the passion as well. But um, you can't uh, exclude one side, right? It's it's that, that sense of the yin and the yang and the balance between the masculine and the feminine and the light and the dark and that they're mutually creative forces. Well, who you really are is beneath all that trauma. So you have to be able to have to find ways of facing that trauma and yeah. allowing yourself to feel it so that you can release it. When, you know, towards the end of my experience with my mother, I mean, I really was in a dark night of the soul and um, I wrote a blog about it, which, you know, your um, audience may be interested in. It's on Medium. It, it's called uh, Making Sense of Suffering. And it was amazing. It was like I was trying to understand uh, because I found that in the midst of all the suffering, when I, I just kept saying to myself, I'm going to get through this and then I'm going to go back to where I was. I'm going to get to this. I'm going to go back to, I'm gonna go, I'll pick up where I left off. Uh, and it was like trying to save yourself from drowning. Mm -hmm. You know, but when I, then one day I remember I finally said, well, I'm not going back. I have to just accept where I am right now as awful as it is as this is the place I'm in yeah and I really did feel this sort of shift um in myself at that point in time um and it wasn't like all of a sudden everything got you know you know lollipops and unicorns but it I I shifted into a deeper understanding within myself and you know consciousness is like it's it's like a Russian doll I mean there's mm. no matter where you are there's more yeah. So, you know, a lot of times people who have who have an awakening, it it is very light in the beginning. And I had I was having all kinds of visitations from happy things and I was really light and everything was good. So then that's one one doll. But that generally is not the way it stays. Yeah. You can stay that way if you don't go any deeper into consciousness. Yeah. But if you really are going to go into consciousness and sometimes you're just brought in, whether you like it or not, I, yeah. I was kicking and screaming. <laughs> I was not, I did not go in because I wanted to be this, you know, amazing consciousness doula. I was forced into this. I was too. You're forced into it, but it's what do you do with it? Yeah. When do you finally realize that yeah. you, you are, what you get from this is something that's, that's amazing as long as you understand what's happening. A lot of people get lost because they don't realize that that they a will come out of it at the end yeah. of all suffering is freedom yeah there's that over identification freedom. with the process exactly think, especially for empaths it's really easy to fall into that is yeah. to, um is to over identify with and uh what's the word it's like 
resonate and and kind of uh, lose yourself in that experience of the suffering and forget that that's not who you are. That's just exactly. It's just an experience that you're having, and and you know to learn to be the observer and to watch. And it's absolutely like I said, it's very easy. I mean, there are certain exercises that I do when I'm beginning to like freak out and I need to distance myself from whatever I'm freaking out about because, you know, going forward in the next few years, we're all going to be freaking yeah. out a lot. Totally. There's a lot coming. There's that is a going lot to be happening. Worse that we've experienced so far. So, you know, so what is your go-to exercise? I, I have some exercises that I, I do. Um, I kind of put them under the umbrella of inviting inquiry and I'd love mm -hmm. to have. I have one that I started doing when I was in the midst of taking care of my mother. I finally got away. I, I had been dealing with this for about six years. I thought I was going to die. I was just mm -hmm. so sick and so tired. I finally got away and I went to visit a friend and I literally walked into his apartment and laid on the floor and didn't get off the floor for a week. Oh, wow. And then I finally got up and I started and I was eating, drinking raw, you know, raw foods, green drinks, you know, just plowing. It's really important to take care of your body yes. when you're stressed out because yes. you tend, because when you're in these, these lower vibrations, you tend to attract to lower vibration care. And it's really important to do your best to. So don't just to, eat, don't just eat pizza and ice cream. When you're no, <laughs> like have a green juice. Just try to keep as healthy as possible. Move your body. Yeah. Um, so I was, and I was doing that. And then my mother, I hadn't talked to my mother. My brothers were taking care of her. And it was about, you know, about two weeks into it. I was there for three weeks, two weeks into it. I get a phone call from her and I do not remember exactly what she said but the feeling in my head and in my body completely was like, oh no, I have to go home and take care of this. I have mm -hmm. to cut my trip short and I have to go home. And I remember the panic in every inch of my body. Mm -hmm. And I stopped for a minute and I don't know, for a second, I looked at my, always, for some reason, I look at my right hand and I said, is this true? Yeah. Like, is this that's in my body, this feeling, this fear in my body, is it true? So I stopped and said, okay, like I'm in, you know, like this is what she's telling me. This is what the reality is. Is the experience I'm feeling in relation to the reality that I'm, that I'm having? And so I finally looked at it. I had the observer in me and I said, no, you know, I am, I realized I am pulling from the past trauma yeah. Into the present. And then I'm projecting it into the future. So yes. I'm expecting things to happen. So, you know, and, and when we do that, we go down these program rabbit holes of the way we react because we become reactive then. Mm -hmm. And when we react, we, we, we're in a pod, we're stuck in a pattern and it always ends up the same. And yeah. whatever that pattern is, we know what it is. It's always ends the same. Yeah. So then I looked at my other hand and I said, okay, so what is true? So I said, okay, I'm sitting in this beautiful place. I'm, I am like taken care of. I've been relaxing. I'm eating well. I'm near the hot springs. My brothers are taking care of my mother. I am okay. And then when I, when I put my energy into that, yeah. I realized literally the thing five minutes before that, that I was totally freaking out about um, dissipated like a fog. 
Yeah. And I realized that it was me in my own head telling you this. And then I got up and I made myself a Greek drink. So I always recommend that once you pull yourself away from um, your pattern reaction to something and you're able to put yourself into a more positive space, I recommend that you take a positive action, a small I action. That. I love go that. Go for a walk, go take a green drink, call a friend that's going to give you unrelenting love, hug a dog, like whatever yes. it is that gives you that sense of it's okay and I am taking an action towards this positive thing because otherwise we're taking action towards negative patterning. Yeah, yeah. So we want to rewire ourselves and that I think is the number one thing that I do when I really kind of have to remember that I am reacting to something and you yeah. know because our reactions are generally unconscious so totally. to make them conscious is when you have power. Yeah and that question I thank you so much for sharing this I i I love the the added layer of of taking that positive action. Have you mm -hmm. have you heard of Byron Katie's work? Yes, yeah. yeah. I have, I actually have never really looked at it, but I'm so very, she asked very that aware question. of her. That was oh, my first does. exposure to that question and I think I think it's such a good pattern disruptor. Like yes. the question what it does is it puts like a pin in it and it says, mm -hmm. "Hey, like it it's if that question is the ultimate invitation, to you stepping into your observer self. Yes. And creating that space to realize like, wait a minute, mm -hmm. <laughs> I am not this pattern or this reaction or this feeling or this, you know, hamster wheel thought that has been a story playing in my mind from the past traumatic experiences. Like I am the awareness that can see and feel and think these things. Mm -hmm. And then in that space of awareness, then you have that choice. And I just, love the practice of the of the hands i think that helps it to be more embodied it helps you it helps you focus it helps you focus mm -hmm. and um yeah and just and and helps i think to really embody and integrate that yes. practice in a really tangible way yeah. um i am just gonna start doing that now i'm gonna add oh, that good let me know how it goes that I, that, to the way that i asked that question because it is it's something you know i i ask myself that all the time mm -hmm. um, and i'm excited to see how what what the shifts are in in now asking that question with this added layer of the practice um and it's there's a couple things that came up too like um talking about the russian dolls i love the way that you describe that i kind of think of it as um like consciousness uh, and and that uh, journey of spiritual awakening is like a multi-dimensional onion. It's definitely, it, yeah, is it is, <laughs> you know. And when we're in the first, I mean, the first level is obviously this first awakening where we all of a sudden, and I, and I always look at spirituality as just what is yet unseen. Yeah, you know, it's that <laughs> we are we just don't know. I mean, all of our, you know, I I compare um, digital technology to these new human and frequency technologies that are coming in because when digital technologies first came onto the planet, they were, you know, it was a bunch of strange people speaking about this new energy coming in that was going to transform the world. And no one knew what they were talking about. Everyone thought they were weird. They were working in attics and garages. And then yeah. they started coming together. Like, you know, like we are now, they started coming together, finding each other, speaking the same language, actually creating a new language, you know, everything yeah. involved with with computer languages, you know, they, it all didn't exist until until these people came together and created their language. And then next thing you know, they did change the world. And I yeah. I look at what we're going through now as the advent of 
you know, what I call human technologies, which yeah. are wisdom, intuition, compassion, empathy, forgiveness, and gratitude, as, as well as the ability to understand and feel frequency. So like you, like when, when you and I are speaking, we're using certain languages. And when I speak to certain people, I will change my languaging depending on their level of consciousness, because some words will intimidate them. Mm -hmm. Some words will attract them. So I use my intuitive abilities to um, uh, determine their level of consciousness and what frequency they're operating out of. And then I will adjust my language. But also what we're doing is we're, we are communicating telepathically and we're transmitting information. So that transmission um, is part of the language of this new technology coming in. Yeah. So eventually as we keep growing and new platforms and businesses and everything are, are built by all these people that don't know what they're doing right now, but they know they're here for something, um, that, that will shift the world the same way that the digital um, pioneers did. Yeah, that leaning into um, discovering that inner resonant self and claiming and stepping into your what I call your sensitivity superpowers, right? Yeah, exactly, it's who you are. In conversation and, and intuiting what language to you what is it energetically that i'm transmitting receiving what frequency are you at let me tune in and dial into that frequency and it it's something that we do so naturally and so often the things that that are our most precious gifts that we do so naturally uh because it's just our reality we don't know how gifted that is and how special that yeah, is we don't know that we're doing it and because yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the culture does not want us to know they exactly. want us to keep externally focused but your inner universe is as expansive as the external universe yeah. so what we're doing there's enough going on in the external universe and most of it we don't even want to know about anymore but we could go inside and we can start cultivating that inner universe where everything in our future lies yeah and but we have to get in there and you know part of the journey within is identifying and um sort of working with the trauma that's in there yeah because that's the first thing that you'll hit and you know when you move into your heart you hit trauma first it's terrifying it's, it's absolutely terrifying. terrifying it really is that kind of ultimate that ultimate trust fall mm -hmm. um, and that leap of faith into yourself that, you know, if I if I peer into the watery depths, if I lean into this shadow, if I look at that trauma, that I'm actually going to come out the other side, that I'll survive it. Right. Um, and it feels, it can feel like I'm going to die. And in a way. Yeah, but you are. You are, right? It's like you that are. ego death, these yeah. identities, these, these versions of self, these skins that we're shedding. Um, it is, and, and it's just normalizing that experience mm -hmm. and, and taking value judgment away from that. And, um, you know, it can feel like we're drowning. I think you, I love the analogy you were using before about it can feel like you're just trying to keep your head above water and um, yeah. the water. But you have to let go. Like that's yeah. the whole thing. And that is, and you know, that, that sort of hero's journey has been part of so many indigenous stories where, you know, it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark when he has to take the leap off the cliff yeah. and doesn't know that there's going to be something that's going to rise up to help each foot. Is that what your book is about? I'm just looking at your uh, title. Trust trusting, it well. Trusting yeah, the trusting the, yeah, 
Trusting the Currents, it was channeled to me by an old black Southern woman and it's all African-American characters. And I mean, I had been getting my whole life what I would call um, channeled high knowledge. It wasn't, didn't come from anyone in particular. I had never heard a voice, but it was just, it was this very intense high knowledge. It was information for me about the future Mm -hmm. or about other people, for other people. But I had never heard an actual voice before. And uh, she started coming to me and I started writing down what she had to say. Uh, It took me about two years to channel her story. It took me 10 years to write the book because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know I was writing a book. I didn't think I was ever going to get it out, but she kept cajoling me. (laughs) Wow. Long story short, it came out in 10 years. And Trusting the Currents is all about trusting the currents in life wherever they're taking you. Mm. And there are three levels to the book. There's the basic story, which is the story of a young African-American girl in the rural South in the 1930s and her kind of coming of age. And then there's the second level, which are universal life messages that, that are woven through the book that anyone can relate to. And, you know, their experiences that we all have through life. And then the third is an energetic frequency that's embedded in the writing that brings you the reader into their heart while they're reading it. Mm. So it can have a very transformative effect. Many people who read the book feel very attached to Addie Mae, who's the main character, the narrator of the story. And they feel like they are Addie Mae because she just brings, as she tells you her story, she brings you into your own story. So it's been a really interesting, it's um, won 13 literary awards and uh, it has incredible reviews on Amazon and I, it's just had a life of its own. I just let her go where she wants to go and she finds the people that it's meant to touch. And a lot of people will read the book, uh, you know, like a year after they read it the first time and the book will shift depending on where your level of consciousness is at the time. So wow. if you're just waking up at one moment and then a year later, you're in a different place in your life, you will most likely find different information in it. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been an amazing sort of journey for me and her. I mean, I think she's been the most influential person in my life and she'd never really existed as far as I know anyway. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, congratulations. That is that is such a beautiful story. I know, um, I think you mentioned uh, when we were connecting before the show about um, someone left the book, like someone called, did you leave me this book or? Yeah, I got a, I got a call from, I'm, I, the book has had, like I've had um, husbands and wives read the book together to them. Like they'll mm-hmm. read it before they go to bed at night. I've yeah. had mothers and teenage daughters read it together because it has a lot of messages about self-respect, particularly for women. Mm. And um, I've had people find it in the most unusual ways. I had a woman, I think she was either Montana, Wyoming, someplace I've never been. And she reached out to me on through my website and said, did you leave a book on my porch? And I messaged her back and said, no, I've never been to wherever it is that you are. And she said, she said, I found a book. Your book was on my porch. I don't know who sent it to me, but I read it. And she said, it is exactly what is happening in my life right now. Wow. And I just want you to know how it's helped me. And she never, I mean, I think I maybe had a contact with her like two or three months later, and she never found out who left the book on her front porch. But I, the book has had a lot of those kinds of crazy yeah. stories around it. It just sort of, like I said, it finds the people that are meant to read it and yeah. meant to have an experience with it. So yeah, it's been, it's, it's been, it's been an important um, 
you know, sort of story in my own life. I love, I love to hear your story and your journey and just thinking about what, one of the things that really sticks out um, is how you were saying you were really drawn to the healing arts, right? That you were like building your war chest and you weren't really using it. You didn't really know why, but when you were in like corporate America, CEO world, Mm -hmm. advertising executive um, reality that you were still really drawn to this work. And um, I know that that has been, you know, I've always felt really drawn to like the healing esoteric, the, you know, I'm also Scorpio, so I may have something. Okay. Oh, happy <laughs> birthday. Yeah, thank you. Um, uh, but, you know, for, for our listeners who maybe, um, you know, are living in a reality that doesn't really hold space or vibrate at that frequency, but they're feeling drawn to this, like, is there anything you would want to share with them that might be helpful for them on their journey? Well, I, mean, I think a couple things is one, you always have resources within you. Mm. You have, we have everything we need within us. We're just not taught and we don't understand how to go in there to find them. And so, you know, things like my book and things like, you know, your podcast, and there are a lot of external things out there now. I mean, luckily for online, there are all kinds of people doing all kinds of work. So you can find a bit of a tribe and you can learn things. And, you know, I began by reading books. I began, you know, I became very attached to crystals uh, very early. I mean, I I used to bring them from the woods as a kid, but when I was in my twenties, no, actually my early thirties was probably the first time I picked up a crystal one time in the store and it was vibrating in my hand. (laughs) And I handed it to my boyfriend. I said, wow, is this amazing feel this? He said, feel what? I went, you don't feel that? Yeah. And that began my relationship with crystals. So I became very entrenched with crystals. I use them all the time. Um, you know, you get called to things. And I got called to one. I mean, I'm like the first energetic thing I did was therapeutic touch, which is actually a class that is taught in nursing schools. And it's mm-hmm. all about soothing the energy field. And then I took and then I had Reiki attunement. And then I started working with crystals and then I learned sound therapies. I'm very drawn to, I was always very drawn to the frequency medicines and the, mm-hmm. and the, and working with different frequency healing um, arts. And I feel like we're really drawn, um, you know, and resonate. It's, it's about resonance, right? So we're it's drawn, about resonance. Just follow your resonance that we need. And then mm-hmm. and they help bring us into that next level of frequency and that next level of resonance. And again, it's that, I love the title of your book, Trusting the Currents, because it really is just hearing and taking action and just, you know, this is what I'm drawn to. This is, I, I've got to trust myself. And yeah, even if it earth. makes, even if it makes no sense. Totally. And, and also, you know, I think it's really important to understand that there is no right or wrong. There yeah. is no more conscious, less conscious, expand the consciousness. You're, because we all are where we are supposed to be. Like, I know a lot of, friends that I have around the world, because I have been connected to people that are on this path around the world for decades at this point. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we seem to think we have to get somewhere. We seem to think we have to get to the next place. And what happens is that we bypass the place that we're in and we don't gain what we can from that. So even if we can somehow tap into that next place we're really not doing it with our own power so it's about staying where you are for as long as you need to and maybe you're there to like I know people that are in corporate you know they 
they're conscious, but they're like conscious moles. Like they're not, <laughs> they're not having conversations about, you know, frequency and channeling, but they are holding that those frequencies within them as they bring it into the corporate world yeah. and they are modeling it. It's yeah. really less about, because I know it happened to me, it happens to most people who begin to wake up, you become a little evangelistic about it. Yeah. And then people don't want to listen to you. So it's really about modeling it and holding those frequencies. And by the way that you live is the way that people learn. And you may be meant on the planet to hold a specific frequency with a specific group of people. And it doesn't mean that you're supposed to go higher. It just yeah. means that, that you just have to find where you resonate and you yeah. have to first find your personal resonance and yeah. not that you're resonating from from a place that the culture told you to be or some guru tells you to be or some teacher tells you to be or but that's why the inner work is I, I think the inner work is the most important thing you do and you can do journaling you could do meditation um, you can and you know community is very important to this you can you can work on yourself through community yeah. you know when you're having a, a problem and you're reacting to something you know pay attention to the friends that you have the biggest conflicts with yeah because they're the biggest teachers they're the ones showing you what is still wounded inside of you either because you're why are they your friend if they're hurting you or b are you overreacting to something because of some internal unconscious mm -hmm. trauma that you're not in touch with. So they give you an opportunity to go, wait a minute, it's not about them, it's about me. Let me go in, yeah. let me ask my body because your body holds the key to everything. I mean, that's yeah. why it's really important that you A, take care of your body so that your body can function properly. It's like a machine. And B, that you listen to your body because it's always giving you innate wisdom. Uh, Our holds, bodies are so intelligent. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we really do. We know more than we give ourselves credit to on all levels of mind, body, spirit. And it's mm -hmm. that, that inner reality of, you know, tuning in and listening and, and learning to do that without judgment. <laughs> like a no judgment, no yeah, judgment, no I, blame. Yeah. When you're saying you, you have to have t-shirts, no judgment, no blame. Just accept, you know, accept and love. And, and it's so interesting um, to me what, what we've talked about in this episode, so much of it, it's peeling back the layers, finding the resonance, um, rediscovering and remembering, you know, the truth of who you are mm -hmm. so that you can really step into the frequency of loving yourself. Mm-hmm. And accepting yourself and a part of that it's stepping out of the programming that we have of of forever consuming forever producing and this kind of linear reality where we're at we have to be going somewhere all the time right you know that we we are human beings mm -hmm. and it really is about just you know being and and accepting and loving ourselves in in the place that we are right now and i'm, I'm so thankful for you coming on and sharing oh, your you. beautiful wisdom and your <laughs> life journey and experience i just feel so grateful to have you in this space with us oh, and thank you i appreciate nice you to too another weirdo i know <laughs> another freak in the room <laughs> um and i know you're you're working on some exciting things um you've got a workshop coming up i believe is that yeah i'm actually putting together and if you had, well first of all you, if you had told me that i would be doing podcasts two years ago i would have told you you were crazy because i was a very <laughs> shy child I stuttered until my early 30s. Wow. So communication was never something that I was comfortable with because between the stuttering and the shyness, 
it was nothing that I wanted to really do. But um, after I did my first podcast to someone that I met who was very connected to, um, you know, the, the hearts, the heart based and, and, um, uh, and sensitive people, um, she said, you know, you really should do this more. And so I joined Podmatch, which was where, where we met, and I started doing podcasts. And I was terrified in the beginning. I literally would get nauseous, but I felt a resonance towards doing this. I felt that everything that I had been experiencing throughout my life um, had a purpose for it. And this was part of the purpose was to help communicate to people that were going through the same thing. So I have gotten through that and now mm -hmm. I'm comfortable with it. So now I'm in the process of creating my first um, workshop series. It's called Wisdom Keeping. And I'm working with a partner on it who has an amazing uh, podcast and um, platform called Hearts Rise Up. And really, it's really about the awakening process. And there's different modules. It's a seven week program. And it really will help take people through the experiences that they will be having while they're going through this process to help normalize it, to build some community, and to realize that a lot of the sensitivities that you're experiencing during this time are actually advantageous. Mm -hmm. And they're there to open you up and to bring you through. So we're really excited. We, she just left um, right before we were talking. She spent a week with me and I had never physically met her before. Oh, wow. So it was our first time getting together physically. So we were able to really, you know, start languaging this and, and working on it and really develop the, the structure because we really want to help as many people as possible who are beginning to awaken to that inner resonance signature within themselves and really don't know what to do with it, how to move forward, who to connect to yeah. um, and you know the, the way the world is we really need to get people together and moving and and healthy you know I stumbled around for a really long time and yeah. we don't have the time now on the planet for people to stumble yeah. so you know yeah. we're hoping this workshop and we're probably going to launch it um, in their late early spring February March but if anybody wants to just kind of get on the mailing list we don't even have a landing page up yet but you can email me at Linda, which is L-Y-N-N-D-A at lindapolio.com, L-Y-N-N-D-A-P-O-L-L-I-O.com. And just send, just send your email. And also, you know, if you're interested, just tell me why um, yeah. you're interested and, and what you are particularly going through, because we really do want to uh, cultivate this class to really help the specific audience that that turns up for it. And we think that there are probably gonna be a lot of similarities and we want people to be able to be open in communication about what they're going through. It's so interesting, There, a theme always emerges, right? There's like a resonance of the people that are attracted to a certain class exactly. or a, a session and, and mm -hmm. generally you're like, okay, I can pick up on this theme now. Um, and of course I'll link your email and as well okay. as your book in the yeah. podcast notes so that yeah. Um, so that our listeners uh, know how to find you. And okay. again, Linda, just thank you so, so much. For Thanks, Laura Ann. It's been really fun. I'm so happy to speak to another um, sensitive soul on the path. Yes, likewise. <laughs> and I will, um, I'll close this episode out like I always um, do with a reminder to, to all y'all listening that you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got and I love you.